Hello and welcome to Comedy in a Nutshell, the podcast with me, Mark Decano. You know, I've completely forgotten what I was going to say. Line. Comedy is a collaboration between the artist and their audience. It's a subversion of expectation. It's asking questions, communicating ideas through humour. If I say all that, what are my guests going to say? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I love talking to the people in comedy about comedy. And if you like to hear what they have to say as much as I do, then please like, subscribe, rate, review and share the podcast. Thank you. My guest this episode started doing stand-up comedy in 2021, and in 2022 he was a finalist at the Natties and BBC New Comedian of the Year, and won So You Think You're Funny. So this year he returns to Edinburgh for the best of So You Think You're Funny showcase. It's stand-up comedian Joshua Bethania. Hey, hey Mark. You're all good? Yep, good to go, yeah. You're relatively new to both the UK and to comedy, so I suppose the first question is what prompted the move in both directions, what prompted the move to the UK and what prompted the move to comedy? Um, well, well, actually, I'm not completely new to the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, I did live here between 2014 and 16. Uh, I moved on work and I moved back to India because just for professional reasons, it, was, it just seemed the right thing to do at that point. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to come back. So I was just waiting for the right work opportunity. And once that came up, I, I sort of seized it and I came. Um, and during this time, I never really was doing any comedy as such. I never really even thought of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in terms of why I moved into comedy, it's mostly because, um, so at the end of lockdown, I was just trying to be, uh, just trying to figure out to do something social because I felt like I had built my circle again. Mm. Um, most people I knew had left, uh, left London. And um, yeah, I signed up to this comedy course. Uh, and at the end of it, you get to perform at one of the really uh, good clubs in London with an actual audience. Mm-hmm. I think the whole social aspect of it was great. And the comedy show went well. So I was like, oh, this sort of feels nice. And it sort of felt like I could at least do something as a hobby on the side and never really pursued it as such because my original intention was was just to get better at speaking because I took up a role of of driving meetings where I'm the main speaker and I need to get everything organized. So I, th- I thought it would help me that way. So that was mostly my intention. Um, and yeah, I haven't looked back since. Yeah. So having done the uh, uh, the showcase at the end of the course, that really gave you the bug. Um, yeah, I, I think so. And it's also, um, I, I think all the other people around you are like doing comedy for the first time as well and you sort of have this little motivation like oh i'm gonna go try this out and i can open mic or something and Mm -hmm. i'm like oh cool can i come along as well and it's sort of it's just it's just nice to have other people be in the same situation as you which which makes it a bit easier to jump into it yeah so what was that having done the course what was that first time stepping out sort of on your own really without the support what was the first gig like oh um I think it was wasn't too bad. Like um, I think probably I had done like a cup. I actually I, I uh, the showcase got a bit delayed. So my first gig was actually before the showcase. This <laughs> was like like you know when the virus kept popping up and everything started getting delayed. Yeah. Very randomly. Uh, so it was pretty chaotic. Um, but there were a few people who sort of just wanted to just go on stage before the actual thing. Mm. So I did go with a few friends at that point. It was still um, like familiar faces. Mm-hmm. And then I went to another place. I thought, oh, might as well just go. It was at, at this pub 
weird pub where people would just walk past you, <laughs> order at the bar right yeah. next to the stage. Um, so that was that was initially, I was I was wondering oh, what am I doing, uh, but then <laughs> it's I, I, I think the comedy community, at least in the open mic circuit, they're all like they just like it's it's easy to introduce yourself to each other and. Mm. It's easy to just get talking, talk about what they're up to. So yeah, um, was that was a good insight into making random friends just because you all performed on the same night. So it sort of yeah. had a very communal feel to it. So it was wasn't too difficult, even even though I'm a massive introvert and don't <laughs> don't speak to people much. So having done a few gigs, was it uh, was it everything that you anticipated, or did you run up against any surprises? Um. I, I I think uh, surprises. I I I I think the surprise was how how well it was going initially. <laughs> uh, I I didn't I didn't think it would go well, um, but I, I guess surprises are more like you know when I always just assumed rooms would always be packed uh, with people, <laughs> right. um, and sometimes you do some gigs and there's like a handful of people. It's quite chaotic. It's a bit noisy. Mm. um crowds respond in different ways um so those those were more like like little uh surprises that came along the way nothing which was like whoa this is this is mad so yeah um yeah so i would classify those as surprises yeah uh, listening to you talk now you have a very relaxed demeanor and that's the demeanor that i see you performing on stage so how much of your stage persona is just you um I I think it's completely me, mm. uh, but I'm not really relaxed on stage, to be honest. And <laughs> most of most of the time, I have sweat dripping uh, down my back. Um, and and so what what I I tried to do in the past is, uh, and I still do quite often, is basically record myself and and see how how I I do. Mm. So I sort of know I've I've been very nervous, and I know there were instances where I thought I was losing breath or losing my voice. And then when I look back at the recording and I see like, oh, okay, actually, it doesn't look all that bad. Mm. Um, it looks quite, um, I look like I'm in control. Yeah. Um, and and I thought, okay, so every time I feel nervous, I, I just try to remind myself it, it looks okay to them. It doesn't, that it's not showing. So which is kind of, kind of a nice, yeah. <laughs> a nice thing for me to have. Um, I, th- I think there was one moment where I lost my voice when I, look back at the recording hmm. I, I i noticed because i i knew it was going to happen but i guess people who don't really know me may not really recognize that oh, that's what was happening on stage so <laughs> so I, I just tried to trick myself that, that it's fine <laughs> to the audience <laughs> do you get um nerves and anxiety before every performance or does it alleviate over time yeah i i, I think so it's definitely a bit easier hmm. um it's a bit harder when it's when you've got like a like a big club that you sort of get a spot after a really long time and mm. you just want to uh, impress people uh, mainly the bookers uh, sometimes you might see a very big name on the lineup and yeah like oh, okay i should i should probably do my best like otherwise they're probably just going to think that oh this is just another comedian open mic comedian so it's sort of like just this mindset that maybe it i don't know it's just a general uh people pleasing but mm. i feel like i'm slowly fading out of that need to 
um, like this year, I've really been trying to be bold enough to fail on stage, uh, no right. matter what the situation is. Uh, <laughs> Because if I keep doing the same things again and again, it just becomes quite uh, quite repetitive, a mm. bit boring for me as well. And I and I want to enjoy doing it. So, yeah. um, I mean, also, like, to be honest, like I was a bit uh, lucky in the sense that I managed a bit of early success. And mm. so it, the conf- confidence is a bit easier. It's like I don't have the need to be like, okay, I should be the best on the lineup. But mm. I just, it's more like I just want to, get this joke to work yeah. so that's i sort of try to focus it that way um yeah what about um sense. yeah what about um themes of your material i mean i've seen you talk about um india talk about the english talk about colonialism mm-hmm. um you talk about football yeah. so i mean <laughs> uh, when you choose a when you choose something that you want to talk about is it about getting the humor first or finding this the topic that you want to get the humor out of um that's a, that's a good question. I never really gave it too much thought, but initially it was like, I felt like, oh, I, I should, you know, when you start off the problem with when you're an open mic comedian, yeah, you've, you watch, watch a lot of shows, right? Like things on Netflix yeah, and you say you want to be like them, but what you don't realize is you don't have that history of being successful <laughs> where they can afford to be the way they are and you think you want to emulate them mm. and if you're a nobody you can't really do that um so i kept thinking that oh i should have this need to to make to say something valuable to people that oh no I, it's my responsibility to say something worthwhile mm. so i started off that way so that's why i sort of like touched upon like things like colonial and it's also a bit very relatable when you when you bring up India and you bring up England and mm. that's like okay there's that big history that you sort of have to uh, touch upon yeah uh, so it started off as topics uh, then over time it's just sometimes I would think of random things that were funny I'd write it down and see what what can come out of it yeah um, and I'm sort of slowly trying to get more personal about my life because some of the more uh, observational jokes can another person would have the same thought uh, which cannot necessarily be unique. So I think I'm trying to make it a bit more personal about my life, which right. which which will be unique to myself. So yeah, um, yeah. That's, but that's a that's a good question. Like I didn't really think of <laughs> things that way. My intention is, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what about the style you mentioned there about um, obviously being observational? Um, so doing club mm-hmm. sets and and obviously you can't get into telling a, a a long story is that something that you want to be more of a storyteller or are you specifically an observational comedian do you want it to do that from the outset um yeah I, I i don't think i can like i tried like doing small stories but i feel like i'm not a good storyteller <laughs> i think uh observation sort of seems more my uh my speed like i was literally talking to someone earlier this week and mm. Uh, you were saying that um, I, I really struggle with making a narrative, especially if it's a conversation between two people that's part of the story. Uh, I I struggle to sort of put that conversation across uh, on the stage, like representing two characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think story, I'd love to be good at storytelling. Um, I, I don't know if I've got 
good stories probably that's <laughs> maybe 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 I, i do i i try to simplify it quite a bit i did experiment here and there some stories i don't think it's mm-hmm. it's been that great i probably just have to get a bit better with how i write things um <laughs> before i get into storytelling <laughs> did you know the kind of comedian that you wanted to be when you were starting out when you went to do your course and what have you you had something in mind um yeah i think there were like a few uh inspirations for me like um like i one is i, I didn't want to not be myself on stage so I was, that I was pretty sure of i didn't want to put on an accent or put on um like pretend to be who i am on stage i just mm-hmm. want to like use my regular voice and don't didn't want to like dial it up here <laughs> and there yeah. like this is how i speak on stage and this is how i speak to people as well mm. um and yeah like i was sort of like quite uh, quite influenced by people like uh, like uh, from from the past i uh, like i think comedy sort of like people like russell peters who was just more like he was so clever and he sort of had an insight into everything mm. um and in the present it's more like uh, people like sindhu we was yeah. i'm obviously picking a lot of uh, indian names and, <laughs> and like her situation was especially was quite quite inspiring to me because she was also someone who moved to the uk started comedy quite late in her life as opposed to most younger comedians yeah um and she still has that authenticity of of being indian of uh, mm-hmm. you know so i i, I really en- enjoyed that aspect because they're not like faking it they're pretty much themselves on stage right. um and i wanted to be that um yeah yeah what about um cultural themes so you mentioned about their being inspired by other indian comedians mm-hmm. what about cultural the indian cultural themes what works well with a uk audience and what what do they not understand or not not pick up on if if you found that at all um no i i think um a lot of people get it um mm. but i think the whole like obviously there was this running joke i, I have this one joke uh, at first where i used to do about i'll do a whole bunch of colonial bits and uh, end it with or oh, if you uh, if you grew up studying in an english school that joke is about colonialism basically on the trope mm-hmm. that it's not really taught in english schools um yeah but i i think I started doing a bit more colonial bits and I feel like a lot of people didn't really know a lot of things so that there's actually some truth into <laughs> um, awareness I, I thought it was just like a joke but so some of those aspects does does affect the jokes so it's like oh, okay what are you talking about um mm-hmm. and I sort of talk a bit about like India's partition as well mm-hmm. um and how it sort of um how what the role of, of britain was during that time so things like that sort of doesn't go well noticed but all the other things i i i just assume the audience won't know and i try to explain what it is and maybe simplify some of those things mm. um and those are jokes that i can't really do to an indian audience uh, because they're like oh, okay we already know what you're saying so it doesn't really make sense right. um yeah so yeah so i i i i just assume that nobody really knows what i'm talking about and try to explain it yeah. before sort of getting into it it sort of adds a bit of time to my set as well as <laughs> helpful <laughs> what about the the comedy industry how the kind of how it works that you've gone in in the in the avenue whereby you do the course you do 
you know, the open mics and you do your 10, 15 spots. Mm-hmm. Is that the route that you've found easiest or the route you were guided into or uh, or you just yeah. naturally fell into? I, yeah, I think it was all, all of those, to be honest. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's just seeing what everyone else is up to and just doing what, what they do. Um, right. Obviously, in your first year, you just focus on, like, your first five. And then you, your intention is, okay, let's make it my 10. Mm. Uh, but in your first few years, there's just so many competitions that pop up and tend to typically be either a five minute or a seven minute competition. Uh, so you just keep doing things that have always worked and you sort of stick to that and you keep focusing on that and you sort of practice those again and again with different audiences. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I think once like I, I'm like totally trying to get out of the competition mode, uh, I, I probably might do Mad Max one more later, later mm-hmm. but probably not. Uh, I wouldn't want to actually do more competitions, but but I know that people mm. start with their five, go then go to their ten, mm. uh, and I think most clubs tend to target like twenty minutes is like the big uh, the the max amount that you do in a in a club, um, and then obviously go on to um, to do an hour show, which is sort of just seems like the natural progression of things mm. um it's mostly what i'm seeing other people do uh, i think what people do is like oh i did my first 10 i did my first 15 i did my first 20 minute set yeah uh, and then they move into split i did my first split pin and they're like oh then i did my first hour show so it's yeah. it's sort of like it's it just seemed natural like okay you're basically building your material up mm. uh, up to an hour yeah um but I mean, that's the mindset I have, but I'm still sort of contemplating what it means. Like, I, I've not seen the industry enough to have like a mm. like a foresight into how <laughs> it may end up. But I think what I've noticed from a lot of people is um, they like building up to an hour is not necessarily the goal, right? Some people just end up doing um, like, just 15 20 minutes and yeah. and with the internet you just aim to just put it online and build your following out of it rather than mm. aiming for a show and then you can focus on shows also at other times yeah so so I, I, I don't know if if targeting a show is should be the ultimate goal you could like just target regular club sets as mm. uh, as a goal and and just build up and go into that direction as well so mm. That is uh, it's quite an interesting debate with some people who sort of see a bit of yeah who foresee what things may be yeah um, so um, yeah it's it's different but yeah but basically I picked up everything from mm. from everyone else on the circuit. So what's your mindset at the moment? Are you thinking you know a year from now, two years from now, you'll have your debut hour, or are you thinking that you just want to work the circuit and do your twenty? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely do an hour mm. um, next year. I I am sort of uh, progressing into a few work in progresses. Uh, yeah, actually, literally next week and mm-hmm. and probably a couple um, next month. So this year, I'm going to see what an hour looks like at the moment. Yeah, like I I don't know if it should be an hour because it's a bunch of disjointed things about me. Hmm. that could function independently as well it doesn't have to fit into the theme of an hour hmm. um but 
you probably probably want to see how these these turn out how these work in progresses turn out uh, and if it if there is meaning behind all the jokes that i'm doing and sort of brings out a theme or if it brings out a particular thing yeah. and in in general i think a lot of people in the industry have that expectation that oh cool when when are you doing your show yeah. right because that's a marketable thing uh, you can sell it as something to people to show up uh, and sit for an hour mm. um so i'll i'll still stick to the old old form mm-hmm. um of you know building up to an hour and then maybe let's see um let's see how the work in progress is go yeah. hopefully i'm able to come up with things <laughs> Um, you mentioned about competitions there, and you said that probably wouldn't do anymore. But you've done uh, pretty well um, in recent competitions. How do you feel about competitions in general? About their about their value and about the the accolades that come out of it? Um, I I think it definitely uh, gave me a leg up in many things. Mm. Uh, the competitions, uh, obviously, because one is people pay attention to what you do, um, and and they end up following it up with hey do you want to perform at this other place which i run uh, so that's that's very helpful to have that reputation yeah and it also helps with um like your cv in general right it's just your credentials when you uh, email reach out to a booker who has no clue who you are mm-hmm. and you say like oh you know i've done this this is where i finished and they'll be like oh, okay i would assume that you're a decent comedian and they'd be happy to have me over mm. um but but I, I i like i've seen people like let it consume their lives uh, which is i i've i've been like I, i've obviously been lucky enough to do well but i've also been conscious of um not letting it uh, completely affect who i am mm. if i don't do well um so some people like really it lets it affect them very badly if it if it doesn't go well um but there are a lot of comedians in, in the industry who have just gone up without doing any competitions and they've just done well and focused on being funny mm. um so it does give you that initial leg up uh, a little boost um but it's it's not the be all and end all of being successful in the comedy industry because i've definitely seen people who who've not done well in competitions at all but mm. have been very successful comedians yeah you want to so you think you're funny which uh, means that you'll be at edinburgh's uh, showcase best of so you think you're funny mm-hmm. that's right. is that your first edinburgh outing um yeah i think so uh, i mean last year i was there to do the the so you think you're funny semi finals yeah. and finals um yes so I've, i've sort of seen like watched a few shows and just did a few spots here and there um mm-hmm. while I was there i was barely there for a couple of days literally <laughs> went there did my semi final came back then again went to uh, to the finals and came back yeah. um <laughs> so so yeah this will probably be the first time it's like a full fledged uh calendar stay so mm. um yeah let's see how it goes i'll probably get home sick in like 3 days but um, <laughs> that'll be that'll be a a good good test good mental strength test mm. uh, to see how it works out. yeah i mean what do you know about the edinburgh experience what are you expecting um i know um so the thing is in my case mm. uh, i am not really doing a lot of admin effort 
right? It's not, uh, mm-hmm. it's a sure run by Gilded Balloon and they're, they're pretty much taking care of everything. All all I'm doing is maybe just a bit of social media advertising and yeah. uh, just showing up and forming. I uh, didn't even have to worry about many things like my stay and my transport. So mm-hmm. um, like I have a sense of that there's nonstop shows to watch. Uh, so I'm definitely going to like, like just watch as much as I can, especially there are a lot of people who I admire performing as well. Mm-hmm. Probably just go see their shows. Mm. Um, and some actual fringe acts who are like acts that you don't normally see. Mm. Um, so, and yeah, I know it's it's going to be like nonstop comedy. So I'm, I, I might, I might get sick of comedy very quickly as well. But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think I've got a sense of what what it may be like. Um, mm. But but I don't have the stress that most comedians have, like things like flyering and mm. you know preparing the admin work, um, running the gig, mm. uh, running your show, and figuring out how many people do you need to manage the tech and things like that. So yeah. this is probably I'm just gonna like go there, do my set, and leave just like any other comedy show. So. I won't have that that pain painful experience of it, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be there the whole month. You mentioned there about um, going to watch comedy, mm-hmm. possibly even to the point of being sick of it. <laughs> so, since you do comedy yourself, do you go and see comedy as well? You know, generally, do you go and watch live comedy to, as an entertainment? Yeah, I think this year I've been I've been trying to do that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Also, just just to see how people are going about their shows. Um, obviously, when yeah. certain famous comedians come, I try to like um, keep an eye out and buy tickets for them, uh, for their show. Uh, mm. But like lesser known acts, like even like friends for that matter, I, I try to like, one is either just supporting them, right? Like, especially if you're close friends, you and they sort of need need an audience. I, I just show up like this sort of support. And sometimes I just want to see what, how people structure their shows, how they do their shows, yeah. um, and and just go watch it. Like even like the early stages where it's very work in progress. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I try to just go there um, if it's accessible at a convenient time. I just go watch it and, and probably would just leave. So. Are you able to to laugh, or are you? Does the comedian mindset <laughs> kick in, and you have to analyze and dissect um, what they're doing? I I I think I I I do laugh or like I like I um I I do switch like I like I know a lot of comedians who say things like when they when they hear something really funny mm. they don't laugh but in their head they they say like oh yeah that's a good joke right yeah. and as a performer that's not what you you want to hear the laugh <laughs> um so I I I think I I just sit there and and enjoy I don't really like like note down mentally as well like what uh what exactly is working what is not doing or what could... i mean if it's my friends who i've sort of um shared writing sessions with yeah i sometimes immediately take a note and literally send them a message hey i don't know if you're up for like mm. you could probably do this tag or probably make this joke so um mm. yeah but like I, I wouldn't do it like unsolicited <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but like like i know i mean they they are pretty unsolicited, but but I know that they'll be okay with me me suggesting those. Uh, but I do think of here and there some jokes of uh, mm. things, unless like I feel like there's a very simple joke, and I'll be like, 
hey, can I suggest a job for what you just did that bit? And, hmm. and uh, I think most people are quite uh, accepting of it. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, here and there it does kick in in terms of what, hmm. uh, like how I would have said that joke. Yeah. Um, at some time, but mostly I, I just sit and enjoy what, what's being said on stage. Yeah. <laughs> what about emceeing? Oh, I, I've never emceed. Yeah. I've, I've probably emceed once, but uh, I think it was like a Brighton fringe, like a split bill. Mm. Um, I I went early. Uh, the the other person who was supposed to come was um, he was not there yet. And usually, if there's two of us, at least one person sort of uses the mic backstage and sort of uh, goes up front and starts performing. Mm. Um, I I sort of tried to be both. Uh, because I was the only one there, I sort of announced myself, and uh, like I, I don't have that. Uh, the ladies and gentlemen, get ready, you know, and yeah. things like that. That energy, I don't, I don't bring the energy on stage. I'm more <laughs> like a subdued performer. Um, but yeah, I've, I've mostly seen MCs who are, who got like high energy, and they, mm. bring, they, you know, they that energy is visible and it spreads to the room. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe at some point I will try, but I've never really, really tried it uh, so much at the moment because um, I do struggle with a bit of audience interaction as well. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like sometimes the words get lost uh, in the way people say things or the and the way I say things. Right. Um, so I, I don't have that MC uh, confidence yet, but I'll, I'll probably give it a go at some point. Yeah. Um, but so far I've mostly been like just focusing on being a performer rather than MC. Yeah. So in your focus of being a performer, what are the most important lessons that you've learned so far? Oh, um, I think, um, so, so very hard question. What I've learned. <laughs> um, probably the, the, if the material is good, uh, yeah, I think having strong material is very important. Mm. Uh, like, especially if you're not, a performer sometimes like when you've got a lot of stage charisma you can probably get away with not actually even having jokes uh because mm. you, you are engaging the audience in some form right, right? um and it's not to say it's a bad thing it's, it's it's probably a good thing like i don't think i i do a lot visually on stage okay um so i i really depend on on the joke writing just just to sort of get it right mm. and uh and yeah, just I think I think the authenticity. Like sometimes when I see some performances, when I see them on stage versus how I speak to them off stage, yeah, it's it feels very different. I mean, not that you have to be exactly who you are on stage. Like especially if you're doing character comedy, like I know you're yeah. getting into character of who that person is. Yeah. Um, I feel like audiences can sometimes see through that. Mm. Um, and it's very important to not. Uh, to actually be yourself on stage, which is which is quite um, helpful. Hmm. Probably don't don't say things that you'd regret, <laughs> uh, especially especially off stage. To be honest, uh, right on stage is fine. You could probably get away with it. You're like, oh, I was just testing out a joke, it didn't work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although these days that's not necessarily the case, but <laughs> um, but like I think just with people, like don't like don't badmouth people or don't assume that even if you've made an assumption of someone's comedy, mm. uh, that this is how you feel about them. Uh, it's just better to 
to just be supportive of everyone and like no matter what how you feel against the person like in a negative way it's just best not not to say it at all yeah because um it i mean people would change you sort of end up getting into this um this place where like okay people this is my opinion of this person and i'll always look at this person this way yeah um um yeah so that's probably that um in terms of my performances yeah probably um learning to be i, I think i'm learning to to be able to bomb on stage i, th- I think that's that's yeah. been very hard you know, starting off uh, like if i'm trying new material and it's not going well i immediately fall back to some tried and tested stuff yeah so i'm like trying to like power through uh, by being unfunny on stage which is which is very which is very important and everyone has to go through that uh, no matter what <laughs> <laughs> um you mentioned about the people some of the people who inspired you um mm-hmm. are there people among your peers sort of up and coming comics mm-hmm. um that continue to inspire you where you you draw strength from each other um yeah definitely i think there are uh, quite a few people who are now very close friends mm. um and they're always like oh yeah i'm going to do this i'm going to try this yeah uh, some people who i have seen like they're always like trying something new mm. very experimental uh, and there are some people who are who are always bad on stage <laughs> but but they're intentionally being bad you know what i mean like right. it's uh, because they're they're absolutely confident that they're going to try try this bit out until they get it right. right and and i've seen them like much later on do that same bit in a much more refined way mm. um so i guess people who are not afraid to try new things on stage mm-hmm. uh people who who are hard workers in terms of like whatever it means like booking on the shows or yeah. going to see comedy or uh, or just like like always putting something online with the jokes mm. um then people who are, who are just like nice and supportive to each other i feel like like sometimes you see someone especially you see someone who's super successful uh and you're like you're like an open micer there and yeah. and they're just like very supportive and they're like much nicer to you there's no like um heavy headedness they're like oh i'm a bigger comedian than you they're like they just like okay we're both human beings here like yeah and they help out with any advice or are they like quite encouraging like really love what you're doing yeah uh, yeah so so sort of that way they're not they don't look at people as threats so to speak or they're not like very the pride is not there that i'm a better comedian mm. than you so so those those sort of people are are very inspiring to look to look up to yeah so what so far have been your best and worst uh, experiences in comedy um i think i think best ones are um probably for me i've, I've had a few where i've sort of thought oh, this is going to be an awful night and turned out to be amazing like probably the king gong at comedy store mm-hmm. um it was it was so brutal that night and i was like not really <laughs> not I, i didn't really know if, you know the audience is drunk uh, and i like you might know what gong shows are where like mm. if you're not doing well people get to um literally card you off stage mid performance yeah um and it was it just felt like okay this is going to be quite mad and i'm not a big personality that sort of would engage with the audience a lot especially a rowdy audience right and 
yeah, I just went there and I started doing my thing and <laughs> everyone just got on my side. I think, I think what I realized is they support the underdog and um, yeah, it was it was, a, it was an amazing night. I, yeah. I think that was like one of my best things and I just put the whole thing on YouTube and like I use that to send <laughs> when I'm booking gigs, I, I send that video. Um, probably the the worst gigs are, um, I, I don't know, I, I think sometimes it's just more like, uh, I, I think I remember one where um, I had like complete set of new material mm. uh, to perform. Uh, it was like a pretty dingy room. It was, there were not a lot of people and this is like, I mean, obviously I had like a lot of bad gigs when I first started off, you know, but not so much that it yeah. hurts me in a way because I know like, okay, I have no success in the past. So I, it's, it's expected to, to do badly right now. Mm. Uh, but then when, when you reach a bit of success, you sort of have an, a little self-expectation that, okay, I, I will do well uh, in this room. And I, I feel like I'm seasoned enough to be able to handle, like my jokes are good enough to impress people. Mm. And then there was this one room, it was a pretty dingy room. There was not a lot of people in the audience, probably about maybe 10 or probably even less than that or maybe 15, I'm not sure. I think I was like the second act, the MC goes on, straight away does a lot of sexist, sexist material. Oh, and the audience just switched off. Yeah. Right? And I, so I was like, <laughs> I had this new, new material plan. So I started off with a bit of new material, not landing. I was like, okay, I don't really know if it's the jokes or the or the audience, then I went back to tried and tested stuff that mm. absolutely kills in like some of the best comedy clubs and they just switched off. They're like, <laughs> I'm not gonna laugh tonight. Um and it was it was kind of funny as well, like looking back, like it's not like like I felt terrible uh, after it. Right. But um it just felt like oh, okay, this is uh, people were they had switched off and it was yeah. <laughs> it was fine. Like just powering through like even 10 minutes can seem like an eternity of <laughs> zero laughter. Um, yeah, so that was that was quite a, quite a painful experience to go through. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Do you set yourself objectives? For example, um, by the end of this year, I want to get uh, on, on a bill with this comedian or by in two years, I want to play this venue. Do you have those kind of targets? Um, no, I, I think my targets are mostly like, at least I told myself I don't have really aim towards progressing it my targets are usually uh, minutes of material my mm. when i started off this year i thought um i originally started off as like i don't really want to do a show as such mm. i thought i'll i'll build up to 30 minutes of material and um and just put it online and see see what happens mm. right it's more like a bit of brand building right um and because like I've, I've noticed that's that's quite something that a lot of Indian comedians do in India these days. Uh, they're not so much building up to a show. Mm. They're building up towards uh, like generating some some video that's like 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Put it on YouTube and obviously splice it down mm. for the social media aspect. And it's all about just getting yourself known uh, in the field and building your following. Because um, that was my first intention. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, as, as and when I kept writing, uh, then I thought, hey, let's just try a spill. And then suddenly I realized, hang on, I could probably do like an hour of stuff. And when I started speaking to people, they tend to ask, Hey, have you have you done an hour? Like, I'd like to come and see an hour of your show. So sort of that seems like a bit of an expectation, yeah. Uh, from from agents or bookers, um, 
So I thought, okay, let's let's just see if I'm capable of holding the audience for an hour. Can I hold their attention for an hour? Yeah. Um, so that's definitely. So my goals have certainly changed. What I thought would be thirty minute video is now like a like a one hour work in progress. Yeah. Uh, so I I don't know. Obviously, I've 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 uh, switched off the that goal of having a video online. So it's <laughs> let's see where this one hour show goes. Yeah. Uh, if it's worth being a show by itself or it should be broken down into smaller youtube videos maybe i can i'll probably figure that out mm. um so i don't really have a goal at the moment I, I think the goal out of at least my goal out of the edinburgh fringe is to to have 60 minutes of non-work in progress material like like jokes that i think are completely refined and mm. um like tried and tested and you know it works well um, and then start doing like previews for i don't know for whatever is is appropriate yeah um you mentioned about comics in india is comedy a big thing in india uh it's slowly picking up quite a bit like i think maybe um i think when it it's been been there obviously for a while mm. uh, but like the people who are absolutely famous right now have been doing for the last 15 20 years or so yeah. Uh, but now there are a lot more open mics, a lot more comedy clubs, and maybe in the last five or ten years. Yeah. Um, and people are really getting successful quite a bit. Um, obviously there are some cities where it's it's mostly in the big cities. Um, uh, like you don't really have people going to some far off town like how they do here in the UK, <laughs> where like I've been to places that I never knew existed. Um. <laughs> So it's mostly in the big cities, uh, yeah. and even in the big cities, it's not necessarily as uh, as active in terms of how it is. Because, like, even from an audience perspective, mm. like they're trying to get used to the idea of stand-up comedy. Uh, I mean, obviously, most of the comedy that people have seen is mostly because of like Netflix or basically just the internet, right? Um, whereas club comedy can be quite different from what you see on TV, which mm. a lot of people don't realize. There's, there's a reason when you see a Netflix special and a lot of people tend to say, oh, why does this person have a Netflix special? Mm-hmm. And what you don't realize is because you've not seen them perform at clubs and how they always do amazingly well. Yeah. Um, the whole room goes, goes nuts, right? And so that mindset may not completely be there yet, but I I mean, I, I don't know, to be honest. Like, I've, I've not really performed a lot. This is mostly from... Mm. Uh, second-hand conversation people have had yeah um and i think in india comedy also can be quite uh quite sensitive there's not a lot of room to um not a lot of room to be controversial or uh like really push the boundaries like politically or yeah uh just just any content for um like just being like uh what's the word like uh talking about um, material that's very sexual in nature or right. uh, it can be it's it's a bit bit hard to to go down that route mm. um, and have people enjoy it so uh, so I, I i don't know we're still like quite early stages i think it's just probably just a matter of time before it becomes a bit more yeah uh, loose in terms of the expectations yeah so when we come and see you uh, at the So You Think You're Funny showcase in Edinburgh, what can we expect from you and your compatriots? Uh, so uh, it's, pro- it's probably just 
things have been writing on in the last year or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be themes from the old stuff I used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping I can do like at least three different Club 20s um, across the night because there's like a whole bunch of, I think about 14 or 15 uh, nights that we're doing. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we're all like very different people, all three of us. Yeah. Um, so it'll, it'll be quite a mixed bag show. Um, I um I, I I don't know. Like to be honest, like I, I feel like <laughs> like if you'd asked me a month ago, I said like okay, I'd probably do these set of jokes. But I think just in the last month, I've just been randomly having uh like spikes of inspiration and mm. just written a whole bunch of things that lands really well. Yeah. Um, so I'm just gonna do everything I have, like all my jokes ever. Uh, obviously not in one night, but <laughs> sort of break it down into different <laughs> nights. Um, yeah. So it won't be limited. colonialism so <laughs> i do want to like step out of like not doing that that was mostly my initial brand uh, but i don't really do so much of that anymore so how can we find out about you and how can we find out about where you're performing um i i'm mostly i'm, I'm most active on instagram mm-hmm. uh, and in my that is joshua patania underscore comedy yep and uh, i've got a link in my bio i try to keep that updated as much as i can for shows mm-hmm. um and sometimes even if i don't like if i'm sort of tagged for a show i, I do tend to like post it on my stories or on my posts mm-hmm. uh, but my link tree is generally quite well updated with the shows and the links and the details uh, that it goes to mm-hmm. um i'm, I'm I'm usually there in all forms of social media, but Instagram is the more active one in terms of what it shows. Um, All the other ones are just mostly just to have a presence that, okay, (laughs) this is my content and I'm just putting it here. I'm not really active so much on those. Mm. Um, Yeah. And so finally, the question I always ask at the end, Joshua, can you sum up comedy in a nutshell? Oh, I I I should have prepared for this. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Like I, I was, I was trying to ask this to someone because I had a like before I answer. There's more like I was, um, there was like a photo shoot, um, and and I think they they took it up as a challenge to uh, give us something that describes you, mm. uh, and we'll try to build like a poster or a little some editing over your photo uh, mm. to represent that. Yeah, and, and I, I was like, okay, it seems quite arrogant for me to like talk about myself um, <laughs> i just asked my friend i think uh, one of my friends said yeah quietly incendiary what's the word um is that the word incendiary yeah yeah that's, if that makes sense yeah um it's, it's I, I guess trying to imply that um yeah in, incendiary right mm. um it's basically like i think what her intention was uh to say that I sort of subtly, like there's a bit of low expectation in terms of what I go on stage, but I tend to like, oh, okay, I didn't expect this from you sort of yeah. uh, situations, which was, <laughs> was pretty nice, uh, nice of her to say. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's probably <laughs> what I would go with. Um, <laughs> not my words. So um, yeah. <laughs> Joshua, thank you very much. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Marco.